Hey guys, what up? Welcome to the Dad to the Bone podcast. This is episode two. Thank you guys for joining us again. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, We're going to go ahead and jump right into our content today. Uh, My name is Rich. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm joined by the other two co-hosts of the Dad to the Bone podcast. We got Quinn. Say what up, Quinn. What up, though? And we got Sam. Say what up, Sam. What up, Sam? What up, Sam? And uh, today we're just going to jump into it. We're talking today about some of this uh, material that we have from the National Fatherhood uh, Initiative. We're talking about the five pillars here, five pillars of fatherhood. And those five pillars are this, self-awareness, self-care, fathering skills, parenting skills, and relationship skills. We're going to talk through those a little bit today, kind of... maybe venture off into a couple of them, two or three of them, a little bit more than the others. But overall, our goal with this episode is to kind of break these down a little bit and uh, equip you guys or maybe give you guys some things to think about, some food for thought about these five pillars and how we can apply them as dads. So guys, let's talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this, this is going to be super supplementary to our fatherhood summit. So if you have not been to a fatherhood summit, if you're in the Metro Detroit area, we would definitely encourage you guys to hit us up on social media. Rich, hit us with those social media tags. So all of our social media, it's really easily or easy is, uh, uh, it's dads of Wayne on everything. So, so Instagram, Facebook, at dads Instagram. Of Wayne, Facebook, yeah dot com slash dads of Wayne, Twitter okay. at dads of Wayne. Perfect. Just dads of Wayne. Yeah. And so if you want to hit up one of our fatherhood summits, uh, these five pillars kind of, um, sort of transmit through all the content that we cover in those summits. Um, and so this is kind of foundational for that. Yep. Did you say five finger punch of death or did you say five? <laughs> no. Isn't that a band? <laughs> five finger death punch. I okay. don't know. I just know the five finger discount. Is that- <laughs> Know it too, very well, <laughs> very well. Okay, so <laughs> pillar number one. I guess that. <laughs> I guess that. I guess that transition is in. Transition is in. To self awareness. Yes, yeah, self awareness. Okay, <laughs> self awareness is our first pillar. Okay, yeah. so self awareness. Let's talk about self awareness. Self awareness. It's is, huge. It's su- self awareness is super important, man. It's like I, I feel like a major component of self awareness. Is, is being real with ourselves, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I'm going through this book right now uh, called Principle of the Path by uh, this guy named Andy Stanley out of Atlanta. He's like a leadership guru and everything. And um, it, it covers sort of where you are, taking you from where you are to where you want to be and how all of this stuff kind of comes into play to make that happen. And one of the main obstacles that he talks about is not being real with ourselves. He says, if, if we don't know where we are currently, then there's no way for us to get where we're trying to go. Mm-hmm. And like, and so geographically it makes sense because, you know, uh, my, my wife gets lost all the time in the car. And so she will, she will, uh, call me and be like, you know, Sam, I'm lost, whatever. Uh, especially when we first moved up here to Detroit, like I'm from Metro Detroit my whole life. She's from Tennessee. And so when she moved up here, um, you know, she, I knew that anytime she left the house two or three minutes later, I'd be getting a call. Right. Sam, I don't know where I am. I mean, to be I'm fair, not- these, if, if y'all aren't from around these parts, these roads are a little tricky. Yeah, right. right. I they're learned not, that there's... They're not tricky roads. No, it's a I grid learned, system. Listen, I learned that they're not, not tricky as we're defined. I'm saying, like, the rules that y'all play by up here are weird. <laughs> like, I can't tell you... So I'm from Florida, and when, when I moved up here almost two years ago, I can't tell you how many different times I had to U-turn yeah. to get the on Michigan the roads. Yeah, 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 you yeah. got to do a Michigan it's, U-turn. It's I mean, I am fond you guys of are the weird. Michigan left. Yeah. Let me tell you something about the Michigan left. First of all, it works and it's functional. <laughs> I've been to Florida, and you don't know when you can turn. Yeah, when and you, you got to wait go. at lights for three hours. It's easy. You just... you. 
if you want to turn, you turn. That's exactly. There's <laughs> a bunch of foreign exactly. people. So anyway, in place, anytime so. my wife, anytime my wife leaves the house, <laughs> I knew that I would get a call a few minutes later going, Sam, I don't know where I am. And I said, Well, babe, what do you see? And she's like, I see gas stations. That's my wife's voice, I guess. <laughs> she doesn't really sound like that, but I don't know. In my head, I guess she does. Um, and like so I knew I would say, Well, babe, you, I got to know where you are for me to be able to tell you where you're trying to go. I need to know where you are currently so that I can tell you what turns to make or what pivots to make or whatever. And so I think self-awareness is huge for us to be sort of the best dads that we can be. We have to be able to identify our shortcomings. We have to be able to, uh, to identify where we're struggling. We have to be able to identify where we're maybe even uneducated or unlearned in that area. You know, maybe we just don't have any experience because a lot of times we're operating as dads um, you know, with the tools that we've been given from our dads, yeah. you know, and we shared in the last podcast a little bit about our own personal fathers and how that's kind of shaped us. Well, those of us who, who didn't necessarily have the dad that gave the best possible example for us, we're trying to figure this out on our own. And unless we're real with ourselves saying, Hey, you know what? I don't have all the tools I need to be the best dad I can be. Then we're going to be lost. We're not going to be able to get to where we're trying to go. We're not going to be able to be the dad that we're hoping to be. Yeah. Because we're not real with ourselves of where we currently are. Yeah, I think I think pride plays a little bit into that. You know. Yeah. Like as a, as a guy, as a man, you know, um, you, I don't I don't know if I'm speaking for everybody in this, but I think for me and I think observing my dad a little bit, there was like there's like almost this need to feel like you're in control of it. It almost plays into like a, pl- a pride thing because, um, you know, if you feel like you're not in control of things, you kind of get control or, so, well, if you feel like you're not in control of things, uh, you might start to uh, uh, deflect things or start to get a little bit uh, uh, confrontational or whatever. And so like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm the dad, I'm the husband, this is my house, this is my thing. And a lot of times, we feel like if we ask for help, if we ask for advice or anything like that, then it makes us less in control or it makes us look like we have less of a grasp on things that are happening with our families or our lives or, or, or things like that because right. we're supposed to be the ones that are in charge of all that. And right. so I think a lot of times, ask, I mean, asking for help is great. It's all about community. It's all, this is all about community. It's all about networking mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But if we're not willing to be vulnerable in that and be honest with where we're at. First of all, with ourselves. Yeah. You know, in the words of DJ Khaled, never play yourself. <laughs> but if you're not willing to be honest with where you're at, then you can't look for the right tools or get the right advice that you need to step up and be better in that. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that's, I think it's crucial. You got to be self-aware in order to know what you need and then you got to go out exactly. and get what you need. Exactly. It's all about, in my opinion, I think self-awareness for me is more so about, um, Knowing your role, as Uncle DJ used to say, Uncle DJ The Rock would say, mm-hmm. it's if all about knowing your role. Yeah, yeah, and knowing where you fit in. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean like um, you f- are minimalizing yourself, but like knowing like you don't always have to fill every gap. Everything is not about you. Everything mm-hmm. that's going on in the world does not have to do with the decision you made or you did not make or what you are and what you are not. And I think it boils down to just being aware of everything going on with everyone else and not allowing that to like be what drives you, but more so how you determine how that drives them. And That's a good that, angle. Yeah, that is. I mean, I don't think people think enough about that. Mm-hmm. They don't. I mean, every. I mean, I know people in my life who are like that. Every time something happens, somehow some catastrophe is related to some small decision that they made, and it's their fault. It's right. like, it's like, like, the, like a real life butterfly effect. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. They feel like somehow they could have prevented or caused that, and it's like, no. Be self aware to know what you control and what you don't control. 
um, what people do is is that's their deal. Don't let don't absorb it. You know, don't yeah. make that your own. So yeah, you don't yeah, have to give you yourself can, credit for things that yeah, and and, and that can be you. ultra overwhelming. It, it, you know, no, and especially with what Rich was saying, how we're, we're like we're men. You know, we bear the burden, we lead the troop, we whatever. And then when we try to take on things that we shouldn't be taking on, and we bear the weight of things that we shouldn't be carrying. That can be super overwhelming. Yeah, and it, it gives you extra weight that you don't need. Yeah. You know? It's yeah, and it clouds your vision. Say, it clouds your, your yeah. perspective. It clouds your motivation. It clouds the way that you're a father, the way that you're, you're co-parenting. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. It, take, it takes up mental real estate Absolutely. that you could be using to give to, you know, your kids or yeah. give to, you know, your, your wife or, or, yeah. or, you know, whatever, th- your job, your whatever yeah. it is else that you got going on. You're giving that 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 mental real estate to things that, really and we're and we're all there, dudes, yeah. and so we already have a very limited amount of mental real estate. <laughs> well, and that's the, I think the importance Absolutely. of, uh, it, but everybody does. You know, I think that people sometimes um, they look at like a hierarchy, and they look at like a CEO, and they look at a vice president, and they look at all these people, yeah. and they think that these people all have like this higher mental capacity, and that they can do so much more than I can because I'm just like the desk worker, or I work in the mailroom. Yeah. No, yeah. the reality is the way the system is set up is so each person only takes a bite of the pie, and that pie is segmented into so these controllable segments. So the CEO shouldn't be worried about the mail. His pie his segment should be like about the same size as a male guy. He's just focused on different things. Yeah, right. And people get it twisted because they think I run everything. So they think I have to worry about everything. And right. no, if right. you're the boss, you need to empower your people to think like you think and yeah. to carry out those decisions. So it's a two-part mm-hmm. process where they first know how you want things done and second, they execute in that way so you don't have to carry that burden. So yeah. it was actually, you know... Um, Being the, open the, to, to, to delegate responsibility. Yeah. 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 And, and to build that trust and say, you know, when a decision has to be made, and it's like the example I saw was, uh, you know, it was the admiral of a ship and how he turned his ship around from being the worst ship in the army to the best. He said, because they didn't have to call me at three in the morning. They knew what to do and they knew what was expected and they did it. Yeah. And that's how we became, went from the worst in the Navy to the best ship because yeah. it wasn't a one-man army. It wasn't like, ah, I got to do everything. And I think we as men... And our self-awareness, we take on that burden. You know, baby needs new shoes. Baby needs better grades, you know. Uh, My wife needs... Don't put baby in the corner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, No, but we take on that burden, but we got to keep those margins in place. And we got to keep that that awareness of where we begin and where we end. For sure. And I think it's it's important to, um, just as we kind of fluidly go through these pillars, I think it's important as sort of an addendum to self-awareness is self-care. Like we have to take care of ourselves. We have to make sure that we are not allowing ourselves to become overwhelmed by things that don't matter, that shouldn't mm-hmm. be on our plate anyway. And then what that, because what that does, like, like we were saying, it affects every area of our life. And so when we take on all this weight and all this burden, it stresses us so bad that it affects our relationship with our kids. It affects mm-hmm. our relationships at work. It affects us so adversely that it just, it, it's, it's like we're sinking. You know, yeah. and so we have to be very intentional. I feel like about self care and caring for ourselves and making that a priority as well. In the mix of all the responsibility and all the junk we have to do, 
taking care of ourselves is 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 ultra important because but let's acknowledge how hard that is it's so hard it is super hard to because i think as men too we are sacrificing and we're willing to take from places we don't have Mm -hmm. so you're willing to um put yourself last you're willing to you know give up your last piece of food not like you know i'm giving up the last piece of food but you're willing to give up depends on who i'm with (laughs) yeah no, but I mean, we... My kid? Yes. To you? No. Uh-uh. No, I'm just kidding. Don't try me. No, but we don't... We as men in the self-care and the list of prioritizing, self-care is not a priority. Yeah. Right. In, in some regard, now, and that is a scale, I, I, I guess I should remove that entire statement because it's a spectrum. Some people understand and appreciate the importance yeah. of self-care. Some do, but I would say most, most it's not... I mean, yeah. you know, if it comes between... You know, uh, spending time with your kids, helping your kids do their homework, whatever, uh, feeding your kids, whatever the case may be, uh, maybe spending time with, you know, your spouse or your girlfriend, significant other, whatever. If it comes between that or going off and taking care of yourself, oftentimes taking care of yourself falls on the back burner. Yeah. I mean, oftentimes. Some people, yeah. not so much. Some people have it, whatever. Some people spend but too much time in self-care absolutely. mode. We <laughs> all seen that guy. Dad, you already know who that is. involved that, I think that that's very true because that's the balancing act, especially for engaged fathers, is um, you just want to give and you want to be a part. And yeah. you struggle. I know mm-hmm. I personally struggle with finding that time to get in my clanging and banging in the yeah. gym. But see, oh, yeah. that, that, that's where it ties into self-awareness again. You got to be honest with yourself about how much time you're giving to certain things. Yeah, because one, one thing it took me a long time to, to, to kind of grasp as like a new dad, like uh, my, my daughter is going to be five in like a week from now. And when I was like, you know, when she was one, two, three, you know, whatever, I, I literally like she wanted to go do something you know, it was, it was hard for me to not want to drop everything I was doing to go do that. Or, you know, if I went to go work out or went to go, you know, do whatever it was that I had on like my personal things to do, I felt almost like I was denying her something because I was, you know, and I almost guilted myself into thinking like I was being selfish because I wasn't putting her first, but it took me a while to realize that, you know, like, you know, I think it was like the first time I had a doctor's appointment in, in a while. And, you know, the first thing you do when you go to the doctor is, you know, um, uh, they make you like get on the scale and do all these things. And I got on the scale and I weighed the most I had weighed in my entire life. And I didn't realize I did. And I got on the scale and I was like, whoa. And the doctor was like, well, how active are you? And it was like, you know, I'm, I'm really active. And then I stopped and I thought about it and I was like, no, I'm not really active. Like, like I'm I active don't... in my church. I'm active in my right, community. Yeah. I'm, active I'm active at my with kids school. Spending time with my kids. But how many times, like, how active am I really with things that I need to be doing? You know what I mean? And then it, and then it all came full circle. It was like, man, if I'm not putting my health as a priority over these things, then really I'm not putting my child as a priority because the reason why I need to take care of myself, number one, is so. I'm the best parent I can be for my child. But then on top of that, I need to, you know, then I took my child to the doctor and they're like, oh yeah, I mean, she's, she's eating too many sweets. You know, you guys need to make sure at home you guys are eating the right. And I'm going, well, dang, now taking care of myself is directly related to taking care of my child. So Absolutely. again, it, it all, I think it's all birthed out of the same idea of self-awareness and we need to be very, uh, very intentional about taking care of ourselves, being self-aware, but not just self-aware of 
how well we're, we're taking or how uh, uh, well we're doing in our role as a father, um, you know, or in relationships, but also how, how well we're taking care of ourselves in, in multiple ways. You know, you, you might be really great at hitting the gym and everything, but, you know, be self-aware of, you know, hey, am I spending three hours at the gym and I haven't tucked my, you know, I haven't, for me, well, this is true. Rich, I haven't tucked a, my child into bed. That's a good point. You know, I think one of the things that I'm learning how to balance more is like, and I'm appreciating is like, your family has to be a part of what you do. Yeah. So like, um, yeah. if you're in the gym, they need to be working out too. Yeah, you've been so, great at this. Like, and, um, I've like for for those of y'all who don't know, I mean, dude, you're the only guy I know that takes their kids to CrossFit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's pretty sweet though. It that's is awesome. Pretty sweet. I didn't even know yeah. kids could do CrossFit. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. it's pretty, pretty. But you're right. Kiddie. Like like a way of exercising. Like uh, my, my two older boys play basketball, and so mm-hmm. I'm their basketball coach. Yep. And so I'm there. I'm mm-hmm. with them. I'm encouraging it. I'm you know yeah. we're making it a priority and also making it part of the family. So it's yeah. not like. Uh, necessarily in a list where it's saying, you know, um, you know, working out here and then, but right below that is my kids and right below that is my job and right Right. below that, rather than doing that, it's more like an orbit and we all kind of work together and we're all plugged into everything together and doing the whole deal. You know, know? one thing that kind of like makes me happy and sad at the same time, because I guess I'm living through my kids is, wait, uh, let me think about this for a second. Happy and sad at the same time. I was also trying to think, I was like, I'm thinking dark hmm. chocolate. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. You know? Happy and sad at the same time. Because um, you take that first bite. Or black licorice. You like you think it's going to take, but you think it's going to be as good as regular licorice, but then it's not. So or, it makes you happy at first and then really sad. Or maybe listening to like Adele. Yes. Because you're, you're like, like, my ears are so happy, but my emotions great. are so sad. Yeah. But then it's, yeah. That's, that's exactly a, right. Are, are any of those what you were going to talk listening about? Listening to Adele. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> No, but I like most of those. But <laughs> it's just bad. What makes you happy and sad at the same time? No, um, Michigan State? Oh. oh. <laughs> the Spartans in their sports? Ooh. Shots fired. Okay. <laughs> Easy. I'm just kidding. I, I don't even Shots know if they have fired. sports teams anymore. Go ahead. Shots they, oh. Jesus. <laughs> no, go ahead. Man. Uh, go green. Man, you just go white. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> Big Ten champs. <laughs> Big Ten chance. Of what? Table tennis? Uh, hang no, on, basketball. Hang on to that. Basketball. Okay. Hang yeah. on to that. I'm into that. Hoop huh? squad. I'm down. Yeah. Down. <laughs> so you know. All right. What makes you happy and sad at the same time? Sorry. <laughs> so what I was saying is what makes me happy and sad at the same time is um, when I like show up at my daughter's school and like she's both happy to see me and at the same time like not like she just expects me to be there. Yeah. So it's not like... <gasps> Daddy! It's like, oh, hey, Dad, you're here again. Yeah. And I'm oh, like, time to go. no. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, I would be so happy if my parents showed up. It would be, like, the coolest thing ever. You're I like, want you to greet me like you didn't see me this morning. Yeah, right. <laughs> she's, you know, she's like, oh, it's almost like a buddy. Oh, hey, what up, Dad? You're here? Never mind, I'll find someone like you. <laughs> And it comes full circle yeah. to it. I wish nothing but the best. <laughs> but no, being a part of their lives, and you're right, you know, Sam, having us all be a part of each other's world, so we're like, it's That's not huge. like you're over here and I'm over there. You know, even in your job, whenever you can have your kids be a part of it in your life, I mean, you know, I enjoy picking my kids up from school, yeah. and, you know, now I'm starting to more so enjoy them being bored because I'm recognizing we live in this world where people don't appreciate the creativity that comes from yeah. boredom. Yeah. So I'm intentionally like making my daughters go meet places and do yeah, things yeah, with me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Where they got to be bored. Yeah. Like you don't get a screen all day. 
You don't get to be entertained yeah. all day. I'm not yeah. here to entertain you. I'm your father, not your entertainer. Yeah, yeah. And Guys, you are going to appreciate boredom. This is, this, it's, it's transitioning almost like we planned it. I know. That takes us into the fathering skills. Fathering and, skills. And, and parenting skills kind of Being go hand intentional hand a bit, about but, yeah. what you do as a dad, right? About yeah. being, being aware of how you position yourself in the things that you do as a dad, right? So not interrupting or changing that thought, but continuing on that thought with an emphasis on fathering skills, I think that's, a, that's, a, that's an awesome point. People don't appreciate the creativity that comes from boredom. For me, think about, think about any time in your childhood, right? Maybe, I don't know about for you guys, what you were into, you guys might have been, you know, but for me, I want to say weirdos, but I don't want to be offensive. You guys might have just been freaky. But for me... But you so, said it anyway. I, I mean, you know, it's what... Anyway, okay, so no, no shots, but just vocab. Shots fired so, again. Shots fired. Uh, uh, so when I was a kid, I grew up in Colorado. And being born in Colorado is like the greatest thing because there's outdoor stuff everywhere. So we'd get bored at home, right? Or my mom would be like, no video games or, you know, no this, no that, whatever. And, dude, I can't tell you how many times I found myself, like, in a creek looking for those little, I don't know what y'all call them. We, we used to call them crawdads. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, people call them crayfish and all that yeah, stuff. All that stuff. We, like, I didn't know they had those in Colorado until I was, like, nine, and I got bored, and I was, like, <laughs> looking through rocks in a creek, you know? We built a treehouse out in the middle of, like, this undeveloped area. We used to, we used to go and play, like, SWAT team in houses oh, yeah, that were being sure. developed in, like, the area, like, houses yeah. were being built up. That's the best part of being a kid is being, oh, yeah. like, a yeah. SWAT team, being Dude, a boy. I think of that stuff, and I'm like, man, that was, like, that was awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I really sure. felt dope. You know, when I, when I was a kid, I really felt awesome doing that. And I don't, f- like, all that was birthed out of not having anything else to do. Yeah. I was forced to use my imagination. You know what I mean? And so now, kind of like you were saying, Quinn, is I try, to, I try to use that, too. Like, I don't tell my daughter what she has to do i just tell her like okay we're, we're not watching any tv right now yeah and i just let her Go figure it out do yep. something exactly yep. and dude you know what she did the other day real real talk i told her two days ago she was like oh i want to watch a show i said nope no shows for the next hour and a half so okay she went and found a, a cardboard box i had in like in the back to take out to the trash just an empty cardboard box from amazon and she took it into her room and she, she, uh, she, she taped up the corners, mm-hmm. cut holes in the sides. I don't know Whoa. where she found scissors, you know, whatever. But <laughs> she found them. I didn't give them to her. But she found scissors, cut holes in the box, decorated the whole box, and she came out into the living room, and she turned the box into a whole robot costume, like, by awesome. herself. Yeah, that's awesome. I was like, dude, that's, that's great. That's where it's at. You know, like, I know. You know, like, TV would have stopped you from... For sure. Dude, my, that's, my awesome. Awesome. that's the thing about um, the creativity, and I guess I'm really more concerned about the entire generation is, like, you know, even when we look at TV, everything is from our childhood. Like, everything that they see, My Little Ponies, like, even That's the, true, yeah. the it's Marvel kind of comic circle. books, Power everything. Rangers. We were just yeah. talking about Power Rangers. Transformers, Power Rangers, yeah. whatever. This is not new stuff. No. I mean, there's very many, few things in my It daughter. looks cooler than ever, but... No, it's, it's super dope, but <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a regurgitation. And, yeah. you know, I think these kids, like, it just creates opportunity for the kids and the folks who, like, have the mindset to, like, think outside the box. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people who are successful and inventors and just happy in general, you know, they don't recreate the will. They just find a good way to use it. Yeah. yeah. So if you yeah, can give huge. your kids that, I mean... And I, I feel like our role as a dad, as a father, you know, is, is to guide our kids in those things, you mm-hmm. know? Because we have, um, you know, potentially we have the foresight 
to know what's coming for them, you know, and, and, yep. and sort of where they're hoping to go. And we can hopefully realize where they currently are. Sure. So hopefully we can help carve a path that gets them to where they need to be. And a lot of time, you know, my oldest son, Jude, is, is jockeying for a TV in his room. And I'm like, bro. It's not happening. Yeah. Like mom and dad don't have a TV in their room. You're not having a TV in his room. And so, uh, you know, oftentimes we send all the boys to his room to play because he's got a Lego table in there. He's yeah. got lightsabers in there. He's yeah, got all they some, So they room. use all kinds of creativity. And it's like, it's our job as part of these fathering skills is to, to hone our kids in that direction. Absolutely. You know, that's not just mom's job. Yeah. You know, it's not just whatever. As a dad, we need to be involved enough that we are able to guide them. Sure. And lead them. And also lead by example. It goes back to what you were saying about taking your kids to CrossFit or me taking them to play basketball or whatever. And you talk about eating the right things at home because it affects them or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's our job to not only model that, but to guide them Absolutely. day in and day out. You yeah. know what I mean? And it, and it works well, especially for us, because all three of us are, are married to the mother of our children. Mm-hmm. But as we kind of transition into these parenting skills, it gets a little more dicey, though, if we're talking about co-parenting with two parents who are outside of the household. Right. Yeah, if you man, got babies, mamas, or if you got multiple game. baby mamas and mm-hmm. all this stuff, yeah. it gets a little tricky. Yeah. It gets a little different. And so how do we, like, what are some thoughts that we've heard from the summits or that we've, you know, discussed or read about or talked about or whatever? What are some thoughts? How, how can guys sort of navigate those waters more clearly? Communication. You think communication is huge? Yeah. Communication because, um, you know, I think, I think just from observation and just from like lis- listening um, to to those kind of situations and that dynamic is, um, you know, a lot of times it's either miscommunication, misunderstanding yeah. that leads to conflict or the, the unwillingness to communicate properly. Yeah. You know what I mean? For whatever reason, you know, yeah. attitude problems or, you know, being hurt by, by the other person in this situation, whatever. Yeah. Um, being but, petty. Yeah. Be, being stuff. petty, being yeah. whatever it That's is, a big but problem. Yeah, communication is. is huge, man. And, 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 Coming from the background that I came from, my parents ultimately, when I was a teenager, when I was 18, my parents ended up after on and off, on and off, you know, splitting up, getting back together, splitting up, getting back together. My parents finally called it quits when I was 18. Mm -hmm. Um, And seeing how they communicated was, could could have been, had I been a little bit younger, and honestly, some of the things I observed when I was younger they're damaging to the kid because oh, absolutely. it, it sure. alienates you from one parent to the other. Absolutely. You know, and so com- proper communication is huge, not just for the, for the parent or co-parent or partner or spouse or girlfriend or whatever well. it is, but for You're the right. kids as well. You absolutely. know, like, and can I add to that? Yeah. I think it's not just communication. I think it's two things. First, I think it's over communication because yeah. I think regardless of if you are co-parenting or in a uh, marriage relationship, I think that over-communication is something that people don't appreciate until mm-hmm. you're in the moment, yeah. but it's definitely needed. My wife and I need it. We yeah. have to over-communicate. We talk about the same thing 10 times, mm-hmm. yeah. and it can seem like overkill sometimes, but I promise you the times that we don't, it doesn't happen. And, right. and just to be clear, when we're talking communication, we're talking a two-way street. We're yes. talking not just speaking yeah, or texting or sending the message out, but it's also yeah. receiving the message. Listen, yeah. Yes. Because Re- that's huge as well. Being, Recognizing, being flexible and being accommodating absolutely. as well. Not from, just hearing from somebody. both ways. Yeah, not just yes. hearing somebody, but, but What listening. you're talking about is confirmation that you understand what is being yes, said. Yes, exactly. Right. And if you don't understand, way. ask. Yeah. yeah. Keep well, it fluid and flex. Go ahead. a good you way I heard it. Hearing... Is not heard. Heard is not understood. Understood is not believed. Believed is not 
executed. Mm-hmm. And so what it's saying is that, like, I could say something to you five times, but that doesn't mean that you absorbed it. Yeah. Yes, right. I said Absolutely. it to you five times, and in my brain, I said it five times. Right. But I don't. That doesn't mean that you got it, and yeah. I didn't confirm that you got it, mm-hmm. and you didn't confirm that you got yeah. it. I, I know a lot of the leadership gurus talk about this, and they say that if you're trying to communicate information to a group of people or to your organization or to whatever, that there has to be at least five points of contact. Mm-hmm. Because if you just say it once, you know, like I'm in I'm in the church world, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I'm trying to announce something, if I just say it once from the stage. That doesn't mean that people got it. I got to say it once from the stage. They got to have something in their email. They got to have something in the mail. They got to have a hard copy out in the lobby. And then we got to say it five or six more times from the stage and send a Facebook post. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you need need your other people around you to do the same thing, to reinforce it. And they say anytime you're trying to communicate something, you're totally right. And we think about that in the corporate world. We think about that in the the public, Mm -hmm. you know, community world. But when we put that into place of co-parenting, sure. we put that into the place of our household and our family. I mean, my son, my middle, my second oldest son, Titus, I got to tell him 300 times yep. <laughs> to brush yeah. his teeth even. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, he just like does not respond the first right. 299 times. Carmen has to tell me 300 <laughs> times to brush my teeth. So. No, but Sam, that's the, uh, that was the second point I was going to make. You yeah. made it uh, very well. Is, uh, it's the corporate side of it. Yeah. And when you're co-parenting, I think that there's a part of you that doesn't appreciate the aspect and your duty to corporately communicate with your partner yeah. and not just go back to this plate of place of hurt yeah. and of anger and say, you know what I meant, you know what I wanted to say, oh, and say, absolutely. hey, send that text, send right. that email, yeah. call, leave a voicemail, say yeah. it five times, say yeah. like, hey, just so you know, I'm picking up um, mm-hmm. Deuce at five o'clock, you know, just yeah. so you know, yeah. I'm texting you, I'm going to be at your house at 545, yeah. I'm on my way. Well, and the thing is, is that we have to put in, again, self-awareness, um, we have to put it, we have to keep putting it in perspective. Even whether you're separated or not, or together, whatever. Listen, even if you're in a marriage, it doesn't mean it's no marriage is a perfect marriage. Right. And there's still miscommunication, there's still conflict, there's still all those things, right? And so, um, not to discredit anybody that's in a co parenting situation um, that's, that's not currently uh, together with that, that spouse or that partner or the, the mother or father of their kid, but. Uh, to make it applicable to everybody, it's you have to remember, period, there's kids involved. And so even if there's reasons or things that want to keep you from having good communication or having flexibility with that other person that is involved, you got to remember, like, listen, I'm here for my kid. That person, whether I agree with them on everything or not, is there for my kid. That's our commonality there. Mm -hmm. And so if I want things to go as good as they can for my kid, then I have to do my duty yeah. as a parent. I gotta go above and beyond to, to get along to, with that to, other person. To work this out. Absolutely. To do everything I can do. I can't control what they do, yeah. but I gotta work this out here because I'm trying to give my kid, who's involved between the two of us, not just what I do, you know, I have to improve their odds here yep. of success. And to do that, I have to be a good communicator with whoever I'm co parenting with. Totally. Yeah, and that you goes to model it for them. Yeah, and that goes back to what you said at the beginning. Uh, and the self-awareness part where we were talking about humility is part of it. Ooh, right. Because yeah. that's, that's, I mean, and that's the gut punch for everybody. But you Sam, have to, I got a big <clears throat> ego. Yeah, so yeah, big. yeah. I mean, it's, it's like you got to, you have to, you have to embrace that humility. If you ever heard the Beyonce song, I got a big ego. Yeah, for me, it's How more a few the, more bars? Let me hear it. Yeah, go. You don't. Ego. No, I don't know it. <laughs> you made it sound more country than Beyonce. Yeah. He said, I got to be go. 
I think I already said this on the last episode, but when you said that, I was just like, mm, I got a bad reputation. Got to Taylor Swift crap back in, man. 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 I man. promised myself I wouldn't do that. Man. Um, but okay. yeah. Yeah, that's huge, man. Yeah. That's, that's really, really important. The humility thing, because you, you want to roast, oftentimes, if you're dealing with a baby mama situation, you're dealing with multiple parents, with multiple kids, whatever. Um, it would feel real good to roast that other parent in front of your kid and be like, you know, they yeah. dropped the ball on this way. They messed up here. Because sometimes that's what you just want to do. You want to yeah. roast them. Yeah. But it takes the humility to say, wait a second, is this healthy for my kid? Yeah, you can it's build putting, yourself into that hero role exactly, all day. You can, that's you can, that's you just can, as damaging. Yeah, you can villainize Absolutely. the other parent. But then when that kid has to go spend time with that parent, you're ruining that kid's relationship with that exactly. parent. Which ultimately, regardless of how you feel about who you're co-parenting with, that's going to have a negative effect on your kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, again, it goes back it's, it's, to it it's goes the back humility to your thing, kid. man. It's yeah. put your I, kid above yourself. Can I keep yourself? it real for a second, fellas? Yeah. Keep can it I keep real. it real? Yeah. Let's be honest, though. Part of the problem of the relationship likely was the disconnect that they had. Yeah. And yeah. the inability to humble to each other. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it carries I mean, over. Let's keep it real. A- absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And that's why we're saying it's important if we if we want to grow in our parenting skills, co-parenting skills in, in like taking a team approach, it has to be putting the kid as the most important. Yeah, yeah the and children, that's the, the multiple whole point children of is most important. This process we went through, we went through the National Fatherhood training we talked about and the journey we're going to take you on. Make no mistake, everything we do here is for the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. We love the kids. Yeah, it's true. Said treat love the kids. kids. This is not about me. Kids. This is not about Rich or Sam. This is not about no. you, the, the common the listener. This is about the kids, and, get, and not just our kids. Can we play that on the rollout? We love to we, do that. Yeah, treat love the kids. Yeah, that real thing, Miami. Oh no. Know. I, I just uh, anyway. Okay, so what I was going to say though to that to to that to that end of communication is one thing that blew my mind the other day, um, and we don't often realize how important communication is and verbal communication is nonverbal communication is huge too. We talk about that in, in the fatherhood summits that we do, but if we're talking about verbal communication and how kids are caught up in that, we were at a meeting the other day, guys, where, um, uh, a representative from this organization called talking is teaching, uh, yeah. spoke a little bit about verbal communication and man, just some of the stats she was giving about that is, is crazy. It talked about how, you know, in, in certain households, like uh, um, more well-to-do households, parents parents use upwards of like 4,000 words a day with their kids that their kids are able to pick up on, and it improves their kids' like learning ability as opposed to uh, um, households in a, in a lesser economic situation. They, theirs is like, they use, it goes from like 4,000 to like 400. Yeah, it was insane. Oh, boy. That's is this not the one? That is not that's the song. That's not the one. It's Trick Daddy, one. but that is not that's the song. That is the right artist, but the incorrect song. What's the, what's the right song? That's a good one, too, though. I think it's, uh, baby, because I'm a thug. Oh, is that is, yeah. True, baby, because I'm a thug. Take it to the house. Come on. Just a dance break real quick. Super slide, get loose. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So, it's talking about this one? Here we go. Is it this one? Somewhere in there, I don't know. That's not, he's he's got hits, man. Why don't people talk about Trick more? Oh. Wait, wait. I don't there it is. Yeah. What this gonna do. We gotta yep. pay for this or no? I don't know. As long as we say Trick Daddy, slip inside records. All copyrights go to Trick. Maybe because I'm a thug. 
All right. So anyway, so my bad. So saying no, there's always time for trip. Um, so so it 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 goes like the 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 gap there is huge, right? And then and it talks about how talking to your kids improves their learning ability, improves their their chances of doing well in school, and all these different things. Uh-huh. And then it talked about how uh, just in different situations like that, how some households give their kids encouraging words and affirming words up to 400 times over the course of a day. Yeah. And then how other households where the kids have a lower learning, uh, learning ability or lear- like chances of, of, of learning when they first get into school, like up yeah. to kindergarten, I think, yeah. only like 30 to 40 yeah, it was times like 40, a day. Yeah. That was mind-blowing. And you know what? Dude, it's funny that- because I've seen it before, and I think we all have like, I've seen somebody say like, you're acting so stupid. Yeah. Don't be dumb. Yeah. You're being stupid. And yeah. you're like, I didn't, it didn't register because like you're yeah. a kid or whatever, mm-hmm. but I've witnessed that. And I think that, you it's know, so hard. you don't, when you're not being, to go back to the self-awareness, yeah. you're not aware of what you're breeding into your kids. You're mm-hmm. telling them yep. that they're stupid and that they don't pay attention and mm-hmm. that they don't listen well and that they're hard-headed. Yeah. You know, that, they, yeah, that ties into self-awareness. That ta- ties into fathering skills. That ties yeah. into parenting. And you're you're passing that on. in the first episode. We all talked about our history with our dads mm-hmm. and how much that impacted us as yeah. dads. How it and I think us. all yeah, of us. Absolutely. I mean, a good amount of how we dad, how we do the dad thing, is <laughs> brought in by our dads to an extent, right? Absolutely. And so if that's how you are a dad to your kids, mm-hmm. then your grandkids are going to have a dad. That does those same habits that you passed on to your kid when they become a dad, and it's you man, know what they just, call that though. It's funny. After I read the book about the power of habits, I recognized that some people call well, some people call a generational curse. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really just, just the power bad of habits habit. to yep. get passed from one yeah, generation absolutely. to yep. the next. Because yep. they'll be like, "Oh, well, our family's not smart. You know, your granddad wasn't smart." So that's why you're not smart. No, yeah. mm-hmm. you told you're just like your father. father. Smart. Yeah, yeah you ever, just like your father. You ever see the movie Knight's Tale? No, is that with Heath Ledger? Yes, is that it's the one with Martin Ledger. Lawrence? No, I saw. I, that, I think that I never saw Black Knight's Knight. Tale. Wasn't that one called Black Knight with, with <laughs> Martin Lawrence? I saw the one with Martin Lawrence. <laughs> Come on, man. That's like, <laughs> no, no, no Knight's Tale for me. But yeah, I saw the one with the Martin, Martin Lawrence. Lawrence. I don't, I don't know <laughs> about the. What, uh, what sorry, Sam. business does Martin Lawrence have in a medieval times? It movie? was time travel. Oh my god! <laughs> it was time travel. <laughs> Martin Lawrence. We were listening Big to Mama's what? house is his wheelhouse. Well, we were listening to what? The Bad Boys 2 soundtrack yeah. be- before we launched yeah. this? <laughs> oh, man. But this kind of, it kind of goes into the, the fifth pillar that we wanted to cover today was, was the relationship skills and how, how we have, um, you know, we got the fathering skills and the parenting skills. And we said basically that all the skills that we talked about of being a good father and being in a good relationship or being a good co-parent is relationship. Yeah. It's relationship skills. Yeah. It's communication, which is the foundation of relationship in the first place, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so I think it's pretty paramount that our communication skills are increased and worked on, and and not you know, just grown, not just relationship developed. like a, a an intimate relationship, or, no, or a, a you know, no, a I have a relationship with relationship with, with anybody. I have a relationship with my bank teller. I have a yeah. relationship with yeah. the grocery person. I have a relationship, you know, with mm-hmm. my wife. I have a relationship mm-hmm. with my kids. All this stuff, but yeah. I think it's important that we do put an emphasis on our relationship with our kids. Yep. And yep. that we, we are doing the same communication tactics, we're doing the same listening tactics with our children as we do with, you know, our co-parent, our spouse, our friends, yeah. our significant other, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You got to listen. And um, the, I, I think you're making a very good point, and I agree with that 
um, because it models for them how to listen and exactly. to be listened to and what to expect exactly. from a person listening to them. You know, with that, I just wanted to uh, circle a couple of those thoughts together about us as men and fathers. Yeah. And one thing that I will continue to emphasize on this podcast, and I think we should too, as men, is having that self-awareness and also allowing ourselves to be vulnerable with someone to say like, dude, yeah. I am struggling. Mm-hmm. I'm stressed out. This chick is getting on my nerves. Yeah. My job is driving me crazy because there's a huge part of our society where people are not comfortable or open to expressing the bad parts of their life or talking about it. I call it, man, I call it when I'm, when I'm talking to, cause so the majority of my work is with like teenagers, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, middle school, high school, almost young adult age. And I talk about that a lot, but I call it like the social media disease where everybody is worried about how they're being captured on film or captured in a, in a 15 second clip or captured in a picture because it's posted and it's hashtag and it's all that. So you constantly have to be able to put your perfections out there and you never want anybody to capture the wrong angle of you, the wrong picture of you. Everything's in a frame and with a filter. Everything has to be the best because it has to get the most likes, the Mm -hmm. most attention. What what happens when your filter's broke? I feel like my filter's broke. (laughs) I I don't know. I I don't even worry about it. I never, when somebody takes a picture of me, I'm just like, put it up because... Honestly, the, the, the truth is this. You see me in the picture, and I look one way, and then you see me in person, and I look busted. <laughs> then, like, a, like a busted can yeah, of biscuits? <laughs> everybody, else, everybody, that re- everybody that really knows me knows that I look busted in person. So they're going to be looking at my really good picture going, this guy. That's so, a trick photography. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. I not, not, not to be confused with tr- right. Trick Daddy. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> slipping side. I have to tell trick him my story kids. on the next episode. All yeah. right. So, well, that, but, but saying that, saying... We, we live in a, in, a, in a culture where we're not good at being vulnerable and we're not good at showing uh, uh, insecurities or showing where we're, where we're weak or, yeah. or, or anything like that because mm-hmm. literally programmed, we're programmed now uh, with this whole like my status, share this, share that, whatever. Yeah. We're, we're slowly, our minds are being conditioned to only put, to only make visible the best qualities that we have. Oh yeah. And 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 ipso facto, we're being conditioned to hide everything else that's yeah. not worthy of of being liked or being shared or being made much of. You know yeah. what I mean? And so um, for our kids, even more because our kids are in that digital age and in that yeah. social media uh, realm where that's what they think in terms of. You know, mm-hmm. when I talk to these these teenagers and stuff. In a real face-to-face conversation, you have to be able to use social media terminology with them because that's what they think in terms of oh, now. Because it's that's wild. their world. That's their community. Yeah, that's wild. their relationships. It's all predicated off of that. And so um, you have to really do well as a parent and really be intentional uh, with them to, to show them. And we yeah. have to be aware and honest with ourselves mm-hmm. to, to realize, hey, listen, community is a good thing. Yeah. Networking is a good thing. Yeah. Vulnerability is a good thing. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Um, being able, you can never be strong in something until you acknowledge that you're weak in it and then mm-hmm. you build towards that, you know? Yeah. Um, that's the whole idea of what we're talking yeah. about. And that's, that's what it is. Being yeah. vulnerable and self-aware. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, I, I think that's huge. And I think to, to know those things, we have to have these relationship skills developed and cultivated Absolutely. to where we have relationship with our kids. Yeah. To where we know, cause you work with teenagers in middle school and 
from middle schoolers and stuff, so you know that. Yeah. But parents need to know that as well. They need to know the commonality that they can find with their children yeah. no matter what stage of life they're in. Mm-hmm. You know, if that means I'm getting excited about Legos with one of my kids, but then I'm also getting excited about this new Snapchat filter with another one of my kids, or I'm getting excited about basketball with another one of my kids, yeah. it's like yeah. you got you to gotta know those things, and that's the relationship skills relationship. that we're talking yeah. about. You got to get involved. You got to get involved. I Absolutely. Mean, talking about uh, parenting and I think, Sam, what you're kind of talking about is just being um, aware of what's going on in the times. I mm-hmm. mean, you know. Being relevant I, to your kids, man. Yeah. I remember I, my parents went to all kinds of punk rock concerts with me as a kid. Yeah. You mm-hmm. think they wanted to go sit and listen to these 20-something-year-olds screaming at the top of their... Yeah. No, my parents probably hated every second of it. But they were there because I couldn't drive yet, yeah. and they knew that that's what I was into. Well, Shane and had I, been digging it. Well, yeah, but then, then on the way home, they're like, man, wasn't that awesome? Yeah. At the time, I'm like, yeah, it was incredible. And I just opened up and just gushing about how great yeah. it was. But now that I'm a parent, I'm thinking, they didn't think that was awesome. They, that was awesome. they thought that was horrible. They but they wanted to hear awesome. how excited They thought you were. I was awesome. Yeah. And they wanted to find that commonality. Yeah. And that's yeah. huge. Yep. Yep. That's huge. And so, you know, but again, humility. Putting yeah. our kids before ourselves. Right, right back into it. Absolutely. So, um, guys, we, we kind of breezed through those in a, in a good way, uh, in a smooth way. Actually, they all tied in really well together. Um, but just to kind of give you guys things that we touched on, uh, we touched on the five pillars today uh, from the National Fatherhood Initiative and the five pillars of uh, talking about fatherhood from, from our end. Um, five pillars were self-awareness, self-care, fathering skills, parenting skills, and relationship skills. And so if you guys uh, come to a fatherhood summit, you'll hear those explained a little bit more in depth uh, uh, from a curriculum angle. But we'll, what we wanted to do for you guys today is kind of talk about it through uh, this conversation, kind of make it a little bit more personable and applicable. Uh, and so that's what we aim to do today on episode two. So uh, once again, thank you guys for listening to the Dad to the Bone podcast. You guys can find us on social media uh, at Dads of Wayne on everything. Uh, you know, reach out to us. Um, you know, connect with us, share stories with us. We want to, uh, we want to plug in with you guys. This is the network. This is community. Um, and we're all just trying to be the best as we can be. So thank you guys once again for listening. Sam Quinn, you guys want to say peace out? Hey, peace out. <laughs> Joe. I'm going to say it like, uh, I'm going to say it like Kip from Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Peace out, Napoleon. Thank you guys for listening. Later.